Hi everyone, welcome to Obsessions of a Millennial Drama Queen, where every week a guest and I work our way through the alphabet talking about things we are obsessed with. I'm Adam Dalton-Blake, and this week my friend Brooke Brazier and I talked about how I was for Into the Woods and other perfect musicals. We chatted about her high school production of Cats the Musical, the mutual impact of Mamma Mia on our lives, and what we all should be watching on TikTok. Feel free to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at omdqpod, that's omdqpod, and let us know in the comments what you're obsessed with. Enjoy the show! Hi, Brooke! Hello! Thank you for having me. How you doing? I'm doing great. We are finally out of the cold, rainy weather, and it's actually sunny and nice out, so I feel like we're getting the fall we deserve. I love that. Yeah, you are in Brooklyn, New York. I'm currently in Los Angeles, California. So we are experiencing two different types of quote unquote fall weather. (laughs) Yes, I'm living a more Nora Ephron fall moment and you are having the perpetual 70 just lovely weather, I bet. I'm here for that, though. I'm here for that. So we're talking about Into the Woods and other perfect musicals. Um, But before we get into that, I like to start each episode with how we know each other. And mm. so your story is going to be very similar to a former guest that I had on this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, can you mm-hmm. regale me with how you you know that person and maybe me? Yes. So Cyrus Ferguson, who tackles the feeling yourself uh, topic, is my <laughs> partner. We have been together about 10 years now and we're married Wow. Strange to say, but he he is my he's my lawfully wedded husband. Um, And we (laughs) met you at a Luca slash Italy themed half birthday party in Prospect Park for our mutual friend, (laughs) Anthony. And I think the energy of good taste just brought us together as we discussed Mm -hmm. drag scene and fashion and sort of like editorial and I was like "Mm, yes Anthony has good Mm -hmm. taste in people (laughs) (laughs) yeah what I I mean I definitely picked up almost immediately from you is I was like you were in high school theater right (laughs) guilty we quickly bonded over that and so I knew that you would be a perfect uh person for this conversation just bringing that that uh musical theater energy which gets a bad rap but I love yeah, it's funny. I think in high school, like, I, uh, yeah, I've done theater since, as they say in Mamma Mia, uh, Mother Says I was a dancer before I could walk. Mother Says I mm-hmm. sang before I could talk. So it's tis me. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, it's the high school theater can get sort of an incestuous kind of like culty vibe. And for me, mm-hmm. it was just the place of the most acceptance and also where people were just unabashedly pursuing what they enjoyed versus what felt like cool. And I have never striven to be cool. So I just leaned in yeah. and felt uh, safe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, I would say it's like a, a cult, but with like a, a nice, like warm blanket. And like, they're, mm. they're fine if you leave for a little bit and come back, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, mm-hmm. the cult is always there. It's not like as brainwashy as like some other things, but um, mm. it stays mm-hmm. with you a while. Yes, they, it's, they've taken on my worldview and some of my, my coin when I see shows. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So kind of diving into that, do you remember like your first introduction to musical theater or Broadway or like just what that world was? Yes. So my family moved around a lot when I was growing up. But at one point, when I was probably in like first to third grade, I lived in a suburb of New York in New Jersey. And my mom was going to see a a musical with some girlfriends just for like a weekend. And when she came back, and this was, you know, the early 2000s, she brought me back one of those delightful um, like Broadway books. It was like kind of like almost like a glossy magazine that had high, mm-hmm. um, high quality production pictures as well as the lyrics to a lot of the songs and then a CD. And the show she, mm. she had seen was Mamma Mia. And I had no concept as to what that was. I just had this booklet of these mm-hmm. like beautiful Mediterranean costumes and like this very fun <laughs> boppy music. And so mm-hmm. I would just request that to be played in carpool all the time. And I, was it like just absolutely enthralled with this, like just so much fun. So then for my birthday mm-hmm. that year, my mom woke me up. It was, I remember it was a Wednesday. I was turning eight 
and my mom said, Brooke, we're playing hooky. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> but I got to skip school and my mom, um, tr we trained into the city and met my aunt who lived there and we had a dinner and then we went to see Mamma Mia and I was, we had, I had an aisle seat and I was just dancing like the whole time mm -hmm. watching the show, which like looking back, the plot is like definitely not like maybe like, an, <laughs> I don't think I understood a thing that was going on. I was like, she doesn't mm -hmm. know it was her dad. Yeah. She's got figured out. Like, I just was like, Mama Mia. like I just had so much fun. So that was um, mm -hmm. my surprising first musical but it's it has it has really i think captured the essence of what i do love about musical theater um which is that it's just joy like for so many people it is just mm -hmm. joy and watching people who love what they do it gets to express that in our artistic form yeah so funny mamma mia seems to be a great equalizer because that was the first <laughs> sh like professional show i saw when it came um to boston on tour and I remember um, having listened to the soundtrack or I guess cast recording um, mm. because it was just great. There were just great songs. And I was like, these songs make a story. What? Like, and I was trying to like piece together like what that story was. But yeah, seeing Mamma Mia in, uh, in the theater, I was like, oh, this is where it is. So that's so funny. I, it, it's like, yeah, a thing that is, what, what they say like right for the whole family like you're it <laughs> yes. really just is a commercial success in that way but i so that was my first live um like seeing something live but i like grew up on like those movie musicals um like uh like hello dolly was like our slumber party movie Ooh. which is really funny um because yet again it's like themes like like all the jokes went over all of our heads but we were just like who's the sparkly barber girl with feathers in her hair like <laughs> we, we just loved that but um i remember um going up to my grandmother's um my grandma and grandpa's place in vermont and they had the two vhs because this was vhs mm -hmm. um yes. recording of cats <gasps> we'll talk about that we'll talk about that yeah oh yes <laughs> and they um but it was the one that they filmed on the stage mm -hmm. which i still think is the best production um agreed and i was like "Ooh, this movement this makeup this costumes and something about that rum tum tugger <laughs> is just really interesting to me mm -hmm. and um so I like fancied my, I, I wore both of those um, VHSs down and I fancy myself to be like that white ballerina cat mm -hmm. and like prancing around like the dining room table, like, pr like quote unquote doing a split, which is like not, y you know, you know, we were lunging um, with the best of them. And, um, but, oh my God, I just fell in love. And then it was also a thing like as a, like an annoying elementary school kid, I'm like, you don't know cats. Like, cats is everything. Like, I, I'm a dancer. Like, I get cats. But y I know you were in a, like, a, a community theater production of cats or oh. a high school production oh, of cats. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I was in a high school production of cats, um, which is mm -hmm. the most ambitious high school, I feel like, <laughs> musical someone could reach for. Um, uh, yes. So, it was my, I went to two high schools. I, my family moved like I said, we moved a bunch and right before my senior mm -hmm. year, we moved actually to the UK and like, this is sort of, you know, homage to cult of theater. I really, I, I, I'm a pretty friendly person and I've moved enough to be like, I got this, but it was challenging. Mm -hmm. Like moving your, before your senior year of high school is kind yeah. of like a very dysregulating experience. And it really wasn't until I auditioned for the fall play and like met the other theater kids that I felt like, like I, I could do this. I was going to be all right. Um, and mm -hmm. those are the people that I'm still friends with today. Uh, and we, when they announced the musical was going to be Cats, I was thinking to myself, like, did I make a terrible mistake? And then actually my other high school was doing the drowsy chaperone. And I was like, eh, neither's <gasps> great. This is fine. I'll do Cats. More fun mm -hmm. makeup. And then when we did the audition mm -hmm. process, um, I ended up being cast as Grizabella, which of course is like a senior, uh, senior lead. I was like, you know what? I'll take it. Um, and it was, our hearts were in it. None of us were the dancers, <laughs> but we committed. We did our own makeup. We mm -hmm. all, we were like, just like, 
we were we were prancing around like we're like listen you don't know this it's not going to make sense but you are going to love this because we are giving it 130 percent and i Mm -hmm. think everyone that watched it who wasn't a theater person was like what the frick did we just see (laughs) but we were like having a good grand old time and i Mm -hmm. think that it's sort of also just as like what we said before around it's just joy and i i was like if you this is poetry this isn't plot like stop trying to like make a narrative Mm -hmm. out of this which is where i take issue with the movie um like just let us be let us have fun let us just enjoy this uh make believe in these fun costumes and makeup and i i enjoyed it i it was a wild production it was there's probably a video of it floating around somewhere but um (laughs) it was grand old time now was your high school like full of dancers it's a it's a specifically dance show was it was it just people flailing what was the choreography like indeed so the my second high school yes they had a dance team like I think they so it was a this is like an international school and then it was like you had to do a sport or something and I was like oh dear goodness no Mm. so I joined the dance the dance crew and they there were a lot of really talented dancers so to the to the best of our ability we like did like some like butchered version of like (laughs) the choreography light but in terms of like some of us some of the folks who maybe weren't as choreography inclined there was you know some some elaborate sets where people were sort of fixtured on like a giant shoe and you're like oh yeah blocking choice the mise-en-scene is working is it it accommodated to all levels of movement Mm -hmm. ability yeah i mean you kind of got off scot-free if you're grizabella i mean Mm. you you stand there emote and cry and belt your face off but i was a dancing cockroach uh (laughs) earlier in the i was i was ensemble until you i was a dancing cockroach for um oh goodness uh jelly orum yeah for her number i was a dancing cockroach Mm -hmm. so we did tap (laughs) did you do the tapping kick line like the propeller turn we tried i don't know if we accomplished it but we (laughs) we gave it our best there was like only six of us it's also like a much smaller scale but yeah we 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 gave it our best (laughs) that is fabulous and of course it's like with all high school productions you rehearse for what six months and you perform it over a weekend oh my gosh yes i think there were three performances total it did not (laughs) that the 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 input to output is not balanced that's amazing so what else did you do in in high school you did cats uh strictly musically speak musicals Mm -hmm. (laughs) both of my high school musicals i feel like are unconventional because the first one was godspell and i did not go to a religious school so um when they announced that we're like what why mm-hmm. no one's going to see this like i went to one of the first high school i went to was like very it's giving catcher in the rye like it's like one of those mm. uh, stuffy private schools with like a really strict dress code and everyone looks like they're from like the 1940s um from how we're dressed mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. when they announced godspell we didn't really know what to do with that because it's it's such a it is a joy-driven show i do think like the movie production really um like kind of leans into the art of clowning in like a really in a beautifully respectful way like one that where you just like are just purely just trying to relate like relinquish yourself to like the art and just like lean into the material um because i don't i I don't really know the i don't know much of the history of godspell for like its motivation for being written but it is truly just like Mm -hmm. i think it's like the the gospel of matthew like just like the joy of like this ensemble working together to like tell this story um so it was like a cool thing to do but we absolutely got like bullied and like people were like why are you mm, yeah. singing about jesus <laughs> it was it was a strange choice but i mm. only did two musicals in high school i mostly did plays i think like as an actor myself i tend to gravitate more like i enjoy musicals mm-hmm. and i will absolutely like do it if i had the chance but i don't know if i'm at the caliber now to per, to try to pursue that so i'm more of um like stage or short film tv kind of actor yeah yeah and then you did acting in college as well oh yes i forgot i did there is one other musical in my in my background which is fiddler on the roof which i've been in twice i was in fiddler junior in eighth grade and i played seidel and then my college did um fiddler on the roof my junior year so i had a really great transformation tuesday instagram post that year amazing me as 13 in fiddler and then me as like 21 in Fiddler. But I got demoted from Seidel to Hava. So I I got bumped down a couple mm. pegs in the sister pecking order. And as the sister got that got um, you know, 
disowned. So. Oof, yeah, they, they don't let our actresses age that way, which is, you know, a travesty. Mm-hmm. We don't like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. Uh, yeah, in, in high school, we did. I, I was more of a choir kid. I, I, mm-hmm. I wanted to be Josh Groban when I was a kid. And so I yeah. was more in that lane. But I was in a, a production of Footloose. I played Cowboy Bob and sang a little ditty. And then um, in my like very white suburban town, we did West Side Story, um, which I mm. will um, leave to talk about maybe another day. But uh, I'll just sure. t- say it was uh, real, it, real interesting. And then, um, mm. but I started in like second grade. Yeah, doing like junior, like everything junior. We did oh, Sound yes. of Music. I was the captain in like second grade. But I, I don't truly remember it that much, but I believe we, I, they must have just cut out all of the Nazi stuff, like all of the stuff of yeah. them like hiding from the war. And I think it was just about like the captain and Maria like falling in love. Yes. And then that, there were like numbers like in and out of like the nuns singing us, there's Do Re Mi, Edelweiss, and then like we get married. I think that was like Sounding Music Junior. Yes, it's funny that you say that because when I was uh, researching into the weeds, uh, just jogging my memory, I do recall that my the first time I had seen it was I was supporting a friend in a different middle school in my town and they did Into the Woods Junior, which is just the first act. So you kind of cut <gasps> out the entire meaning of the show by having it be, and happily ever after. And you're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> This is like completely antithetical to the whole purpose of the show, but it, you know, tis, tis for a junior audience, I guess, in middle school. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, maybe I. My guess is that it's just, it's just like too long, yeah. and they were like, "How do we make it shorter?" Oh, let's just do the first act. Yeah. Wow, wow, that is pretty amazing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, okay, so diving into Into the Woods. Indeed. So obviously you had this early exposure mm. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, what, was that the first time you saw it was the this junior production? Yes. Yes. My friends, uh, I had a couple of friends in town that went to the like Catholic school and they were putting on a production and I went to support my friends. And I was like, oh, I, you know that moment when you're watching something, you're like, I could be in this. I could be doing mm-hmm. this. Yep. I don't like that I'm sitting watching this. I have I was feeling that very strongly as like a 12-year-old and um I just really loved the witch's monologue in the beginning. I just the, the greens greens I was like that is so chewy and I want to know that. And so obviously I did the thing that all 12-year-olds do is I listened to that album and that song on repeat for like weeks to get it down. Um mm-hmm. and that was my personality for a short moment. But I, yeah, I remember seeing it and being like, oh, this is so fun. Like, it's these characters that we know, but it's in this, like, new telling. Because this was, I don't, don't quote me on the dates, but, like, it's definitely, like, before, like, Enchanted or before all of the Shreks. Oh, yeah. So, Mm -hmm. to me, it was, like, an earlier version of this sort of um, assembling of all of these different uh, storytale narratives. And then per the Cats filmed production on YouTube somewhere, which I agree mm-hmm. is the best version. I also watched like the Joanna Gleason um, production yeah. of Into mm-hmm. the Woods on YouTube. That was something I probably found shortly thereafter. So then were you blown away that there was like a second act? Oh my gosh, yeah. And it's so dark. It's so dark <laughs> by comparison. And then, and I think even at the time I was like, oh, well, if I was in this, we would go full throttle. But of course, it's, it's children's community theater. It's not like it was their choice. But um, the second act, if anything, was more intriguing to me because it's where everything breaks down. Yeah, I yeah at my aforementioned slumber parties, one of my friends um, played the yeah the recording of the um, the Broadway show, the video recording with like yeah Bernadette Peters, the Chip Zion, the Joanna Gleason, mm. and I lost my 
mind because I had never thought of the idea of like weaving all of these fairy tales together and like the whole grim fairy tale mm. nature of it. And I was just like, this is amazing. And it looked very like 80s because or like early 90s because it was like shot then. But I was like, this is about current. Day. Like, I was like, this could be me. Like, that's me. I'm the cow. And like, <laughs> I just, I loved it so much. Um, Who did you want to be? I wanted to be, I, I wanted to be Cinderella because I loved all of her music. Mm. Um, On the Steps of the Palace, I think was, and still is one of my favorite songs just because it has that true storyteller aspect. It's also just a beautiful high soprano. It has some comedy moments in there. Um, it's just a beautifully written song. I wanted to be Little Red. I wanted to be the Little Red Riding Hood. I, I'm always caught between like what I want to be and then what I would probably get cast as. I would probably mm-hmm. have been like if my high school did it, a candidate for Cinderella or like Rapunzel because I was a soprano one. Uh, but mm-hmm. Little Red was, is kind of spunkier and I, I think that that's a more fun part. Uh, so, but they're all great. Yeah. Oh, they're all great. And what's really what's been really fun is Into the Woods has done so many different like iterations and revivals. So like there was that original one, there was that revival in like two thousand like seven, six or seven with like Laura Benanti and Vanessa Williams. Mm-hmm. There was that weird one in Central Park with Amy Adams with a giant bun on her head. Um, there was of course the movie. And then now there's this um, current revival on Broadway that everyone is freaking out about. I know. And I'm, I, it is interesting because I feel like culture has sort of returned to this, like, or not returned. We've, we've, we're still trying to master the art of a movie, movie musical, but now we're getting movie mm-hmm. musicals in like the full production. We're getting the kind of like uh, the Grease Live or like whatever version on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting staged concerts. I remember like watching the staged concerts of Les Mis, like the 10th anniversary and being like, oh my God, I need this. I need this for every mm-hmm. musical ever. Um, and it feels like Into the Woods in particular has had this recurrence every couple of years that just doesn't, like it just doesn't seem to get like fall out of relevance which is really interesting mm-hmm. and then to see it also with like especially with this i believe with the current production they are kind of cycling through the leads and like who's who's starring in it more yeah. frequently um and there was also the sarah Bajas and like there was like another version or maybe that's the amy adams one Oh, that is the Hollywood Bowl. That was the mm-hmm. Hollywood Bowl, yeah. So like, there's just multiple, multiple versions that we're just like, we can't get enough. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Um, but what's also so fascinating is that um, this current revival is um, like I feel like at, like on like theater talk, like theater TikTok, everyone oh, yes. is obsessed with Sarah Bareilles singing mm-hmm. an A sharp in yes. um. <laughs> Uh, I and, saw that. Uh, it justifies the beans. Um, and, and it's so fascinating that um, social media has created another sense of community that I'm like, yes, I know. Yes, I know. Me too. Me too. Me too. And it, it just perpetuates these like amazing um, like Broadway productions to like keep happening and get new audiences. And it, it's, it's, it's pretty wild that people are freaking out about a revival of Into the Woods on TikTok. Yeah, and I think one thing I like about them putting some of these videos or this audio out there is it does democratize it more. Like, it gives access to people who mm-hmm. maybe aren't based in New York or can, like, be so expensive to see these shows. So for someone to, like, even if even if you're only given, like, a 30-second clip on TikTok, like, yeah, that one moment where the, she does the little turn or the phraseology in that with the A-sharp, people are, it, it's just like that's the climax of that video so that's mm-hmm. they have yeah. more attention to there yeah no it's it's really um i assume that tiktok came up in your dialogue with cyrus but oh we have so many we have we have a lot of we have a lot of thoughts it's it's it is in a way also a great equalizer um so we yeah i think it's a i think it's definitely yeah, creating community creating dialogue in the comments and also a place for people to yeah. share their talents if they're not, you know, so many, a lot of actors, a lot of creators I see just like, I even myself early, early pandemic was just finding a company, accompanists that were playing Broadway songs. Like I'll never play uh, Lydia in mm-hmm. Beetlejuice, but I absolutely am going to belt dead mom <laughs> to this person playing piano in my apartment 
while the world is uh-huh. completely like shut down. I don't know, Brooke. You have the dark hair and the eyebrows. Like, like I, I don't I feel have like... a belt. I don't have the uh... belt. That, that belt is. I I need to. I need to work. Maybe at like a high school production or a community production, but I'm nowhere near. I can't. I can't touch equity. I. I'm not good enough. Yeah, I mean th- that 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 belt in that in that song in that role is very much like a a brassy like kid that doesn't really know what they're doing but has like a lot a lot of fire in them um but i imagine that anyone who like has any sense of like training or practice will be like oh god no i can't do that yes yeah (laughs) and it's interesting because my voice is also lowered over the years like i did sing a lot Mm. i wasn't necessarily in like i was in no version of like a glee or anything or a glee club but i did acapella and I was always a soprano one in high school, college, acapella, et cetera. And then over, I've just kind of settled more into this mezzo, almost alto, that is way more comfortable to sing. And like, I actually mm-hmm. enjoy more, but I'm like, I used to be able to hit those notes. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel, I used to be a tenor one and now I'm more mm. of a tenor two, bro. Ugh. A tenor two. Oh, we no longer get to sing the melody. We have to sing horror. <laughs> the privilege of it all is getting stripped away. Um, so, Brooke, uh, is Into the Woods your favorite uh, musical, or do you have others? I mean, I gotta take it back to Mamma Mia because it is my comfort mm-hmm. show. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna say favorite for just which brings you the most joy. Mm. regardless of the state of your mental health then it's gonna be Mm. Mamma Mia because it just is Mm. something that I've loved for so long it's like a comfort item for me um in terms of like other musicals I don't know if I have a favorite like it definitely changes I Mm -hmm. am ashamed to say I wasn't as familiar with with Tick Tick Boom and then Mm -hmm. with this most recent movie which I know is still different from the uh original Mm -hmm. productions or the original concert version but I um that felt so pertinent to the phase of life I'm mm-hmm. in right now. So I would say in the year 2021, like Tick Tick Boom was my favorite musical. Um, I don't know, it, it definitely changes for me. But I would say any show that's like bringing me joy for a large part of high school, Little Women was my favorite musical. Yeah, I mean that'll get you because I identified with that character then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because my exposure to a lot of these musicals is through like their cast recordings, right? So it's like you create mm-hmm. this kind of the story in your head of like how each song like goes to each song. Um, and then uh, like with Tick, Tick, Boom, you like, yes, it's the uh, movie version, but I'm like, oh, that's how they connect to each other. That makes a lot more sense than what I was imagining. Or like what happened with like In the Heights, like seeing that mm. or... Um, or like Funny Girl. Funny Girl was like a big one where I had mm. no idea what the what the hell that story was. Who is this Mr. Arnstein? <laughs> I know. And why doesn't he know who she is? <laughs> I know. Why does he have such a beautiful, beautiful name? Um, and uh, yes, but but then I, I just rewatched Funny Girl last week and I fell back in love with that. Um, but my favorite, I think, it's so funny you mentioned it earlier, is The Drowsy Chaperone. I love that music. <gasps> I'm sorry to speak ill. That is okay. You know, we we all have our um our uh, pros and cons for everything. Wanting to be a Rachel Berry, not not the today's rhetoric, but in the 2010s, I wanted to have that senior year mm-hmm. musical, and yeah. the Drowsy Chaperone didn't feel like that mm-hmm. opportunity for me. But I have since listened to the music and I'm like, this is a wonderfully uh, orchestrated show. It is mm-hmm. a really great ensemble show. Yeah, it's really fantastic. And my friend Robin, who was on a um, previous episode chatting about Grease 2, introduced me in like high school to a one Miss Sutton Foster. And I about mm, lost my goddamn mind. I um, c- could not handle the amount of belting. Um, as people on this uh podcast no i'm obsessed with actresses and an actress who can belt that high and that like brassy i am totally obsessed with so i quickly became obsessed with her and then just fell in love with oh, yeah she out. she was jo- the original joe in little women so yeah i understand oh yeah and that that high note uh, astonishing is wild wild yeah 
Now, Brooke, we can't talk about all good things. Do you have a show that you've seen that you did not vibe with? Like, what, what, what are you not ever picking up again to listen to or buying a ticket to see? I have two answers. All right, here They're we go. kind of controversial. Oh, we love a hot take. I'd like to preface this by saying that to all the creatives involved, all the respect, and I'm so glad that you did that and in, had ha, enjoyed your time with these projects. This has nothing to do with you. This is just my reception and what I respond to artistically, which is of shows I've seen of shows I've seen live. Ooh, mm-hmm. The my least favorite musical that I've seen is Mean Girls. <gasps> Pause for dramatic effect. Hot take. I found for myself not being able, having just seen the show, I could not recall a single like could return to banger that wasn't completely required like in situ in the show to understand or relate to. And then the original source material and the way they, you know, what's the, what is that like concept when it's like a face that seems, it's like, it's so almost realistic as a face, but yes. it's just off enough that we receive it differently. That's mm-hmm. how, whatever that concept is, I'm applying to my experience of Mean Girls and that the way that the book was written, it's to really try to capture this quality and mirror the movie but it was just off enough that it was glaringly obvious for me and yeah like I just found like I think the apex predator song is a good example of just Mm -hmm. like what like this is such a bold choice there were certain songs that I like I think could like I think um Barrett the like raise your right yeah I'd I'd rather be me I liked that as an anthem Mm -hmm. that's probably the most like earwormy of or actually take that back the halloween song was also fun ah sexy yeah apart from those two most of them for me wasn't at like they didn't have those like standalone like i think what i love about into the woods is it it carries this like message or like you could listen to that music outside of the album or outside of seeing the show and it like builds a story and like feel like fills something within you and i just did not get that when i was listening to the mean girls um cast recording and with the book itself, I was like, these are, this feels a little disconjointed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it's got this like aha moment for me. Mm. So that's my, that's my hot take on a live show. Yeah, that's a pretty hot take. I, um, full disclosure, did cry at the end of Roar when I saw it. Um, Cause I just, okay. her tone, yet again, it's just the belting. It's just every song is belted. My God. I think you're, you're really honing in on performance, yes. which is, I 100% agree. Mm-hmm. All of the talent in the show, incredible. Like, the, what a, like that ensemble, like it was such like an active show. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely have all the respect to the talent of all the actors and all of the performers. But it just, for me, I think when I'm looking, critiquing a show, I'm going more off of like the way that the book gels with the music that gels yeah. with the choices of direction. Um, and then the, the kind of like easier answer, which is still probably controversial, but I do not like the message of Greece. So yeah. I think we, I think that is, it is overhyped and I think we need more new material to work with than having all of our, High schools and colleges just keep returning to that storyline. Yeah, Greece is a hard one. Um, it's a hard one because I feel like you really have to lean into like the camp and the satire of it if you're going to do it well. Um, I have a po- I just did a podcast episode about Greece two, um, and how I'm obsessed with like the campiness of that. I haven't seen that. Oh, it is wild. It is, it, it's just wild. It, it, it's an '80s Fantasia set in like the 60s it's so good michelle pfeiffer and maxwell caulfield um i recommend going back and listening to that podcast if you uh would so like to yeah from what you're describing i feel like greece 2 pulls off the being more Mm self-aware than greece 1 does yeah because people decontextualize it and then put on the show as if it isn't satire Mm -hmm. and it's not a commentary and it's not. And if you're removing that, that it's a terrible story. (laughs) Yeah. But if you're acknowledging, no, we're having these 40 year olds play high schoolers (laughs) that are all like terrible people, like who are assholes to their friends. Mm -hmm. Then yes. But it just, when you're watching some like high school senior girls sing hopelessly devoted to you and be like, goodbye to Sandra. Like Mm -hmm. that. And you're just like, no, yeah, no. You don't need to put on tight pants. (laughs) You don't need to perm your hair. It's fine the way it is. Okay, so um, we've kind of touched on this, and I have a future episode about this, but I would love your quick take on 
um, theater to movie translations. Are there some that you think really worked well and some that didn't? I think the answer is no one has perfected it, Mm -hmm. but I will still watch every attempt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, I'm trying to think of like what did something well. I think because it's more recent and it's really had to transform from the original source material. I do think Tick, Tick, Boom really created something Mm -hmm. that is standalone, very strong. It's different than the original, but I do feel like if you had, if it, if that was, if that had been what the original was pitched as, it would be just as effective. Mm -hmm. They're just different. So I, I really enjoyed that. Um, they're the way that they kind of wove together that story and brought in more, more voices, um, for that. In terms of one that didn't do it well, let me think. I might need a moment to reflect and think. I mean, I think we can all agree that cats, really, they tried something, they took a big swing, and it failed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. It was, it was very, very, uh, it just missed the mark because it was trying, as we said before, like it was trying to make a plot mm-hmm. where there isn't a plot. Nope. It is meant to be poetry of the body. Mm-hmm. It's a celebration of dance. Exactly, exactly. It is not meant to have a, 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 a narrative arc. Mm-hmm. And the narrative arc that exists on the stage is really just to bring you from one set piece to another set piece right. or a costume change. Like, it's functional. It's not the point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, yes, that's 100% the answer is cats. Yeah. Uh, and I don't also... And I kind of slightly felt this way with Into the Woods. I just don't really like when you're just throwing in a bunch of stars. Mm-hmm. I don't like stunt casting on Broadway. I don't like it in... Mm-hmm. I feel like we're losing act like really amazing original pieces mm-hmm. when we're relying on celebrities to drive the sales. Yeah. A, a show that comes to mind was Great Comet. I loved mm-hmm. Great Comet. And I had seen it just after Josh Grogan had left. And... Um, Oh goodness, what's his name from Hamilton? Oak, some I just call him Oak. I forget his full name, but he was taking on the lead and he did a lovely job. But because there was like a gap in there being a celebrity, then there became this I, I think it was potentially Mandy Patinkin was supposed to like take over mm. for him because they weren't mm-hmm. driving sales. And then when Mandy Patinkin understood that he was cutting off at a Broadway actor's run <gasps> for this reason, he was like, Absolutely not, I'm not doing that. I'm step like that's yeah, his, yeah. that's his role. Of course. I'm stepping back. And then this show ultimately closed, mm-hmm. and it was a really amazing show. It was very, it felt very, it's based on War and Peace, but like it's original and like the way that the theater was designed, mm-hmm. like it was much more theater in the round, and there was a lot of really creative elements with, um, especially the opening prologue song. So I was so bummed to see that go away because they were just relying on Josh Groban being a headliner. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to movie musicals, I feel like. They're only going to get made when you have celebrities in them. Whereas like, you know, who, who, who is, who knows this, who's, you know, worked their tailbone off probably on stage with this in some regard that is not going to have a shot or a chance to, to be in it because it's going to go off to probably James Corden. Yeah. Oh my God. I need him to stay far away from that wicked, wicked movie. I just need him to, to have a long yardstick. I don't know. Have they announced who's playing the wizard yet? No, I I think that we only know up until like Fierro and maybe Bach. Fierro is ooh that guy from Bridgerton. Jonathan Bailey. Jonathan Bailey, yes. Jonathan Bailey. And then Bach yeah. is, um, maybe a West End actor or maybe it's no, no. so okay. someone I didn't necessarily know. Um, but I'm happy that Cynthia is ki- kind of holding down that that musical theater world there but um uh, yeah uh, my whole thing was there's so many broadway actors that have been in that production just just pick at least a couple of them they're so talented um just really just i hope i hope that there's some cameos or or something in there because they need that that's that's what i loved with tick tick boom Mm -hmm. is in the um in the one that one reprise song they at the diner like it's a it's just a cameo like you ha- i it's, i was sitting there i'm the most obnoxious person to watch a movie with because i constantly want to like add commentary same like, oh fun fact this and this and yep mm-hmm. and we should watch movies together yes. because then we would just be like oh, very interesting tell me more pause tell me more 
Um, but I was sitting there. I'm like, Sai, you don't understand. That's the original person from <laughs> like insert like whatever. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. and like the fact that Philippa Sue is wearing the headband color <laughs> of when she was Eliza. It's important to note these details. Ugh, I love that. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Okay, so you might um, be very good at this game we're about to play. You up for a game? Oh, yes. Yes, I am. Great. So this game is called You're the Flop. And what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a title of a f- of few Broadway musicals that were big flops. Like, they didn't, they didn't run at all. Great. And you mm-hmm. need to just rapid fire, give me a little bit of a brainstorm of what you think the plot is of the show is okay cut me off if i if i go too deep or or have force me to elaborate if i if i don't enough okay just great give me direction i'll take direction (laughs) i'm an actor i'm ready stand on the line please all right so um thank you five (laughs) the first uh show is called via galactica via like v-i-a galactica yes Yes, this was an interesting uh, culture blend of both someone who really loved Latin and Roman Roman culture, but mm-hmm. also wanted to take that like ancient quality via being the original Latin for the word road or way. Mm-hmm. And the second word galactica. Yes. And we brought that to the future um, with sort of like a Xanadu kind of like moment. So it was essentially this cr- crossing of chronologies where you have, it's sort of like a meet the Flintstones kind of moment, mm-hmm. the modern Stone Age family, where you had these, these uh, the, the titular character being Galactica, and she is essentially from this kind of misplaced ahead of her time in ancient Rome, but she's essentially trying to navigate with her practices of ancient Rome in this sort of future dystopian world. I mean, that's pretty fantastic. I, I, I don't think you're that far off. It is a futuristic rock musical of social outcasts okay. living on an asteroid in the year 2972. Okay. And okay, among great. them are a, a space sanitation man who collects trash okay. in a clamshell-shaped garbage ship called Helen of Troy. Okay! Okay! I mean, you're okay. not... You had the base, you had the connect the dots there, and it ran for a whopping seven performances and was incomprehensible to everyone. They just needed to find all of the Latin clubs of high school, and they would have been like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" <laughs> because I was in Latin club. Not surprising. All right, the next one is called Kelly. 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 So it ran. It it's shocking that Kelly wasn't as successful as its movie, Cadet Kelly, where we take Hilary Duff's character after she has gone through the boot camp and she actually goes out into the world and is a part of the army. And it is essentially a really unique feminist perspective of what it's like to be a woman in war. It's giving Les Mis, but again, it's a very, more or less like a Little Women, it's a very female-driven cast. I would uh, much prefer that. I'm a big Cadet Kelly girl. Um, it uh, fortunately is nothing of the sort. Um, it is Darn it. <laughs> uh, from 1965, and it's about a teenage busboy mm. named Hop Kelly. First name Hop, last name Kelly. Oh. Um, who's a daredevil who wants to make a successful jump off of the Brooklyn Bridge and become a hero. Like he wants to survive a jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. And then it's a bunch of gamblers are like uh, betting on him that he'll survive. And they end up throwing a dummy off the bridge to like fake his jump. But eventually he does make the jump successfully. And then it's the end of the show. A, no. Uh, I do not <laughs> like that it sets some sort of precedent that this is a challenge that someone should try to embark mm-hmm, on. Not That's good. incredibly dangerous. B, it's like it's it's like that theater exercise where it's like try to 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 create or direct something that cannot be done on stage, which is <laughs> jumping off of a bridge. 
like that i don't even want to know what the set looks. that mm-hmm. sounds more dangerous than spider-man into the dark yeah yeah i think so uh we won't know because it uh closed uh after opening night so it has um a mm-hmm. run a run of one show and it is noted as the biggest flop in broadway history i wonder why a belly flop into the brooklyn bridge you could say <laughs> there you go there you go or the east 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 river sorry all right, um, I have uh, two more for you. Um, this one is called Carmelina. 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 Carmelina was Carmen Jr. And they tried to make it like modern day Carmen the opera. So essentially what they did in Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen with Eliza Doolittle, except like Carmen is no longer some uh, woman in Spain and it's in French, but now she's like French Canadian and it's very 2008. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, not at all, but I do like that very much. It um, is basically, uh, so this is from 1979. It's basically Mamma Mia, but <gasps> like set in, set in World War II. So it's about this woman who raised her teenage daughter, Gia, to believe her father was like an American who died in World War II. But turns out that she had affairs with three different, like, GIs. And uh, this uh, girl is figuring out who her father is. Okay. Wait. What year was it? This is 1979. 1979? Mm-hmm. I want to know if the people who did Mamma Mia just were like, oh, we don't want to write a score. Abba, give us your music. Oh, we don't want to write a plot. Carmelina, no one's ever, no one's probably, no one is going to talk about this in 50 years on a podcast. Like, we need to do some investigative research mm-hmm. and unearth if this was the, if this was stolen. That sounds amazing. I would absolutely watch that. If there is a recorded version of that somewhere or a book version, mm-hmm. I would love to take a piece. Yeah, I'm not sure there would be. It ran for 17 performances, um, so I, I, you might have to do some deep, some deep dives there. Um, you ready for the last one? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, this is called "Dance a Little Closer." Dance a little closer mm-hmm. was a early draft of Dirty Dancing, mm-hmm. and it was meant for the stage. And it, it essentially is the exact same plot as Dirty Dancing, but someone someone uh, read the copy for whatever reason and uh, stole it and then made it into a movie. So that's why it flopped on Broadway. There you go. I mean, it did come out in the 80s. So th- it's not, it, that's not impossible. It came out in 1983. It's set on New Year's Eve in a hotel where the guests find themselves in the midst of a potential nuclear Armageddon. And the characters are singers Harry Akins and Cynthia Brookfield Bailey, a diplomat, a gay couple, a minister, and a freedom fighter. Oh my gosh. So it's kind of like this like ragtag group of people are in a room on New Year's Eve preparing for Armageddon, and it's a musical. That is interesting. The stakes are very high. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I I think I'm surprised that that flopped. I feel like it's got something for everyone. You could see yourself in any of those characters or many at once. And again, it's like forcing perspective on what what, what really matters. I know. It might have been maybe ahead of its time. Um, It ran for one performance um, after 25 previews. At the very beginning, I was like, is this high school musical where it's New Year's Eve or a party? (laughs) And then you completely departed when you said Armageddon. And I was like, that would be interesting if high school musical took that turn. But alas... Oh, someone needs to perform these shows. I know, They're I know. Together. Maybe that's like a fringe, a fringe festival situation. Absolutely. I mean, if someone listening to this wants to put on, I mean, Carmelina to me is the like clear winner, but mm-hmm. all, all of any of them, I would be, in, I'd just be intrigued. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Brooke, you absolutely killed that game. This was a fun little improv exercise and you absolutely killed it. Um, we're coming to the end of this podcast, but every week I turn the tables on my guests and ask them what they're obsessed with in a segment we called Guest Obsessed. So, Brooke, what are you obsessed with recently? I am very much aligned with where my TikTok for you page has taken me, and that is with the Miami Boys Choir. <gasps> if you haven't listened to this, it is a group of 
Orthodox Jewish adolescent or pre-adolescent young men who are essentially like, uh, they're calling it K-pop or like kosher pop or J-pop. They're essentially like a giant boy band and they sing their hearts out and it slaps. They are so talented. There is so much joy in their performance. And basically these videos have been going viral from like a 2008 company. Like the, the Miami Boys Choir is based in New York. I think it originally was founded in Miami, but it's been going on for 45 years. And the, the, the gentleman who runs the group essentially just auditions a, a new company as their members <sighs> age out. And so it's been going on continuously and they have these performance, they have these performance albums and they perform and they tour in New York and around the country. And if you haven't listened to already, Yerushalayim, the live version on Spotify by Miami Boys Choir is the banger you didn't know you needed to listen to. Oh my God, how fabulous. And really, wow, everything um, weird and amazing comes out of Florida, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, it's very, it's a confusing name because like the group has definitely been in the New York area for a very long time. I think that just might be where he happened to start it, but they've stuck with the name. Wow. They've stuck with it. Um, so NBC, whoever's running that TikTok account, great work. Cause you've reached, you've, you've reached into my heart and, uh, completely captivated me. Oh my, that is amazing. After this, I'm going to go on um, TikTok and listen to those tunes that quote unquote slap. Yes. And everyone is starting to like find like, it's like watching people fall in, like find a boy band and they're like, who's your favorite? And like, oh. oh my gosh, like they all bring something so unique to the table. But I'm just so impressed that there's so many of them and they're all singing. Like, there's like 50 of them and they all have a microphone and their tone is, it's just, it's glorious. Fab. Fab, I absolutely love that. And I think that is an amazing way to wrap up this podcast. Thank you, Brooke, so much for coming on the podcast. I absolutely love talking to you. Um, before we go, do you have anything that you would want to promote or get out there into the world? Thank you so much for having me. It's been a true delight. And I look forward to us watching movies from across the country and talking during them. <laughs> In terms of things I'd like to promote, um, you're welcome to check out my Instagram where I'll share any upcoming projects. Cyrus and I are currently writing a short film that we will then go into production for, but we'll definitely be sharing updates along the way. And then uh, I guess if I, I'm just going to promote myself, if that's mm -hmm. okay, go if for you're it. looking for an actor, I uh, check out my reel and website at brookbrazier.com. I love working with people on their creative endeavors, hence why I was so excited to join today. I, yeah, I, I just am always looking to partner with people on fun, fun projects and see people do what they enjoy. Oh, amazing. I'm excited to hear um, what that thing with you and Cyrus could turn into because you have two brilliant minds and I, I just I don't know I see magic I see twinkle eyes I'm excited and if anyone listening wants to follow along feel free to follow us at omdq pod that's omdq pod obsessions of a millennial drama queen podcast and see clips on tiktok and uh, if you have an obsession that you are obsessed with um, leave it in the comments and maybe we'll make an episode about it all right, Brooke, thank you so much. Love you. Bye.